0: 70 games into the 2021-22 season, the Phoenix Suns have won 56. 56 of 70, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, jamsters of all ages, Matthew of one age. 56 of the first 70. It's pretty impressive, man.
1: It is. It's crazy to come on this pod every night and just continue to pile those wins on, right? It's 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 nice. It's (laughs) kind of insane. I mean, this game tonight was kind of like last night's game in a way, but it was actually a little bit closer. Last night's game was more of a blowout, but it seemed close, but the score wasn't. The score was kind of within 10 towards the end, so a little bit scarier, but you knew the Suns would handle business.
0: Yeah, I think the only takeaway from this game that is negative is the fact that the starters had to kind of come back because the second team didn't yeah. do what they did last night against the Pelicans. And that was expand the lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They let the Houston Rockets hang around just enough to bring back Devin Booker to get him in the game, to get him uh, an opportunity to score a few more points and, and score. He did and score many sons did. For the first time since Game One of the Western Conference Semifinals last year, you had four Phoenix Suns score in in uh, or over twenty points. And I think what's impressive about that is it was Devin Booker, it was Mikhail Bridges, it was DeAndre Ayton, and it was Torrey Craig. The juice was loose tonight. And we'll definitely talk about that and much, much more on this edition of The Sun's Jam Session Podcast. So, Jamsters, I'd like to thank you for joining us live. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, if you're listening to this later, we'd like to thank you as well. Matthew does not appear to be under the influence of CBD, cocaine, alcohol. (laughs) CBD doesn't do
1: anything. Or gluten.
0: He did. He, uh, have you had gluten in the past yeah. twenty four hours? Is that why you look a little bit, little bit more spry, or has ketosis finally set in, man?
1: No, I have not. I am. I haven't. And it's weird because I did it like a week and a half ago. I started, and it just kicked in yesterday. I think it was maybe a combination of other things, but um, I don't know. Do we have to get into that again? No. Right? Tonight I'm not high. I'm not. Uh, you last night <laughs> I'm either, ready right? to go. <laughs> no, but, I mean it, it's more fun to say I was, I guess, right <laughs> instead I of gluten free. <laughs> Nerd. facts facts nerd yeah. alert
0: uh but again thank you for joining us if you happen to be on our youtube channel and consuming this content please hit that thumbs up button down below hit the subscribe button review and you can click the join button as well and you become an elite jamster where you get some bonus content which one thing i'm thinking about putting out there as bonus content is taking the recording of our first podcast together matthew because as you mentioned it's very it's nice to come on this show and Talk about wins as much as we have. We've been blessed this season and last season to talk as much about the Phoenix Suns in a winning tone. Uh, But it wasn't always that way. Back when Matthew and I started this podcast, we were a losing team coming off of a 19-win season. And there was a lot more frustration. So I think that I'm going to re-release our first, very first podcast together and I'll do it just for the elite Jamsters. We'll do it on the YouTube channel. So again, if you click the join button, you can become an elite Jamster and you can access that content. Uh, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting listen, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if
1: you want to listen to that. That's uh, I'm definitely not listening. But you guys, oh. yeah, go ahead and purchase uh, the pod. I mean, you know, become an elite Jamster and listen for sure.
0: Yeah, it'll it'll be worth it. It'll be worth I won't it. Be so. Uh, Matthew, I'm sure that you're going to be popping open an ice-cold water tonight to celebrate the Suns' win. Uh, I've got one of these long drinks again. It's a cranberry uh, gin with natural cranberry. Uh, This one's for my aunt. Found out she had a stroke today. Uh, Hope she's doing well in the hospital. Uh, But prayers up for Aunt Barbara, everybody. Pop them if you got them. Yes. Let's talk about this game over the Houston Rockets. The Phoenix Suns, on the second night of a back-to-back, travel to Houston and visit the worst team in the league, the Houston Rockets. They walk away with their fifty-six victory, a 129-112 to 112 victory, which, of course, brings me to my first question.
1: Matthew, I gotta ask.
0: Matthew, I gotta ask. Are we going to refer to this regular season game simply as... The Tory Craig game,
1: yes, of course. And before I get into that, just really quick, shout out to uh Carlos Jimenez. Um, the portrait are the the Chris Paul pictures behind me that he painted. I'm throwing up there. Um, those are sick. they're they're really good, and he has some other ones too as well that I will be showing throughout the rest of the season in the playoffs. Uh, but you can follow him at CJ or I'm sorry, C Jimenez artist and on Twitter. Um, but yeah, just want to get that out of the way but yeah, the Tory Craig thing. It's like such a Suns thing to do, right? To where, you know, it's his first start with the Suns. Jay's out. You put in Tori, and Tori just can't miss. And he grabs 14 boards or whatever. Like, that's just the way the Suns are. I mean, I wouldn't expect it any other way, really. And I was going to ask you, too. I'm like, even if Jay was, I, I think, towards the end of the year, we'll probably be resting some of these guys. So I think he probably would have got a start later in the year. But I think just coming at a time to where he was probably the last guy on this roster that really kind of needs to get going before the playoff starts, mm-hmm. he was the one that needed this game. And I think that the reason – I mean, Jay set out because he had a sore penis or something. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah. He was out. I don't know why <laughs> That's he's That's the out. report. He had a sore that groin. <laughs> sore groin. So he was out. And, you know, it's like, all right, so Torrey Craig's going to start. And he has a fantastic game. And I could have saw this even later in the year, but I think coming right now – with a month left in the season with 13 games left, it's a perfect time for juice to, to get this start. Maybe he starts next game, but then if he goes back to the bench, he has the momentum now, right. To go into the playoffs with, from this game.
0: What's up? Yeah. The juice had the opportunity. And I think that Eddie Johnson really said it perfectly. He said, right now, the Suns are going th- through the process of finishing the season. There's, what, 13 games now? Yeah, yeah. You're going through the process. The team is essentially going through the motions over these last 13 games, simply because they, they've already clinched. They're With this win tonight, if, if I'm correct, and I, I'm pretty sure I am, they've clinched at least the number four seed in the playoffs. The magic number to clinch the number one seat is five. And that's a combination of wins by the Phoenix Suns and or losses by the Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies, and whoever the hell the four seed is. So with, and, and the Jams the are saying there's only 12 games left. Yeah, yeah, this was game number 70. So uh, yeah, so <laughs> the magic number is six. So you, at, at the, the Suns as an organization are doing just that. They're going through the motions of finishing this season and the process of finishing. And part of that is on the second night of a back-to-back to give Jay Crowder a night off. And you're not just going to put night off for one of your starters. You're going to be like, yeah, dick injury. Yep. <laughs> Jay Big Cock Crowder, uh, his cock, that's a little bit. So let's give him a night off. And you have Tory Craig step in there. And I think you make a valid observation, Matthew, that this is one of the last guys that the Suns really need to start to get going. We've definitely referenced that in previous podcasts Uh, up until a couple games ago, as a member of the Phoenix suns, he was shooting 18.5% from beyond the arc. So he's somebody who we saw a a move in the right direction over the past couple games. You start to see him be a little bit more engaged. It's like I said, I, I think he listens to the podcast. He understands that it's okay. Now's the time that he really needs to do something. And, and, Whether it's, you know, again, anything that he gives you offensively is always a bonus. You bring him in for his defensive effort and his rebounding. But he wasn't even doing that through his first about 12 games back with the Suns. But over these last three games, he's really displayed uh, his value and his worth for this team. You take that another level into this game. He finally gets a start and you don't expect him to go uh, eight for eight from the field with 21 points. Uh, three for three from beyond the arc, and had 14 rebounds, three of which were on the offensive end. Torrey Craig went for 21 and 14 tonight, also had two blocks. He led all members of the Phoenix Suns on the plus-minus with a plus-27 in this game. So yeah, this is the Torrey Craig game during the regular season. I could definitely see a Torrey Craig game happening during the playoffs, but you need these kind of performances as a primer for those performances in the playoffs. So, yeah, as you go through the process of finishing out this season, you're going to see the Suns kind of – I mean, this is the shittiest team in the league, the second night of a back-to-back. I'm glad that Monty Williams said, hey, I'm going to give Jay Crowder the night off. If you can give some of these guys opportunities to get some time off as we prepare for the playoffs, do it. And did it, he did. And did. Yeah,
1: this is how you do it. And um, I don't know if there's anybody else on the roster, too. Maybe an Alfred Payton that – but I don't think he's gonna be playing much. I mean, due to injury, he won't be showing his face really in the playoffs at all. So I'm not really worried about him going, getting going. But this is like the one worry, right? The Suns had other than maybe rebounding. But rebounding, of course, against the Houston Rockets, just like Torrey Craig's performance. You know, it can be a little bit underwhelming just because it is against the Rockets. But I don't, I don't believe that. I think that um, he needed this and going eight for eight. is ridiculous. I would never expect that from him. No. Um, Just the way they rebound too, and the way he helps on the glass if the matchups are right, he's he's a perfect guy with his size that can box out. And I swear to God, like all these all these teams, I feel like we get so many over the backs where we're kind of we're trying to grab boards and we got them, and they get swatted out so many times because they're getting the Suns players. I feel like are getting fouled. They're getting like they're getting jumped on. It just happens nonstop. It feels like. And I feel like having guys like Torrey Craig and even like a JaVale McGee, like those are guys that know how to box out mm-hmm. and know how to take off an arm or two just to make a point, be like, hey, get those arms out of here. Because that's one thing during that run where the Suns were, you know, losing a couple games without Chris Paul and the rebounding sucked. A lot of those, a lot of those rebounds are just getting swatted back out. Like these, yep. these teams were just so aggressive, even though the Suns had possession of the ball. So they kind of helped out with that. I think Torrey Craig is a perfect guy to help out with that situation.
0: Absolutely. Again, 14 boards for him. DeAndre Ayton grabs 11. You get seven from campaign. JaVale McGee added five. And it was understandable entering this game. You know, When you play the Pelicans the night before, I had mentioned that they are the number three overall offensive rebounding team in the league. When you play the Houston Rockets, they're 30th in rebounding. The expectation is you have the ability to box out these guys because for the most part, they're a perimeter-based team. They, they're a young team that just loves to shoot threes. They're a team that is kind of an interesting uh, uh, portal, if you will, or not portal, but an interesting view at to, uh, as to what the future of the NBA might look like because all of these guys on this team have come up and during their, basket, their, their coming of basketball age as human beings, Steph Curry the whole Steph Curry and the three-point revolution happened, right? So always when that's, something like that happens, about four or five to eight years later, you start to see an influx of those guys who watch Steph Curry come into the league. It's the same thing with Jordan. When Jordan first came into the league, everyone was high, or he was high flying and doing all these crazy dunks. Next thing you know, five to eight years later, that's what ev- everybody was trying to emulate as they entered the NBA. So, You're going to have a lot of teams like this, the the young teams that are full of shooters who are just going to be chucking up threes all the time. And when you do that, you're susceptible to not crashing the glass. And, I mean, you see that the rebound differential in this game was plus 16 for the Phoenix Suns, 49 to 33. And at halftime, the only reason it was a one-point game is because the Houston Rockets were a plus 24 from beyond the arc. You know, they had hit, I think, 10 threes at, uh, by halftime. The Suns had two. So now that being said, the second half, the script kind of flips a little bit. The Suns have 11 threes in the second half. The Rockets only make four more for the remainder of the game. And ultimately, the Phoenix Suns win. But what are your thoughts on the next generation of players coming in? And are we going to see more and more of this before coaches are just like, dude, stop shooting all those fucking threes. <laughs> you crash the glass, you ass.
1: That's why we thought the big man was dead, right? That's why they yeah. thought before Aiden was drafted like, "Hey, there's no more need for a big man. Now you need a big man." And the big men that were coming in, they were just shooting threes too, like the JJJs yep. of the world of the world. And honestly, he's kind of just turned into a guy that's a really good rebounder, defensive guy, down low on the on the block, and it's not even really a three-point game from him. Like so things changed so so drastically in the NBA, and it's weird because they'll watch like a Steph Curry and they'll think, like, okay, no matter what size I am, no matter what I can really contribute to the court, I'm just going to shoot the three. I'm going to mm-hmm. practice on the three, and that's going to be my thing. And it's not, like, for every not for every player. And yeah. one player that I really like that came out of this last year's draft is, like, a Scotty Barnes, who's, who's, like, built like a Draymond. He's, like, a big, thick dude, and he's already looking like a veteran on the court because he plays to his strengths. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of these guys are just figuring out, you know what, My strengths, like a Devin Booker, like from the mid-range, if that's my strength, keep practicing that. Keep making that your game because eventually, you know, people will look at them and be like, oh, well, he's winning games. He's averaging 25 points a game. Then he only did what he knew he can do on the court, and that's something to learn from. And I think these guys are just going to become so much more intelligent coming into the game, and that's why you can see, like, two expansion teams happening because there's so much talent that's going to be coming out, and that's currently in the NBA.
0: Yeah, I really hope they actually have a couple expansion teams because the NBA is so unbelievably deep right now that you can yeah. easily roster two more teams. And that's just more fun and excitement for us as fans, in my personal opinion. You know, again, I think that you're right and you're always going to have those players who are cerebral enough to understand that, hey, what I'm good at is what got me here. So that's where I'm gonna stick with. Uh, and, and for some of those players, it is shooting the three ball. But to do it consistently, can, to do it with the big crowds and the criticism that comes in the NBA can just dis, dismay. Uh, uh, not dismay. I'm, I'm missing on my words tonight, man. Did we change
1: brains or what? Yeah, what the fuck? This is like That's long drink, night. man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it can take them out of their game. And you you look at the likes of like a Landry Shamit, right? Landry Shamit tonight, not the best performance. Not something I'm necessarily going to harp on. Uh, either, because I, I, I didn't we didn't need him to be a big factor. Uh, but he was two for four overall, had seven points, and two for four from three. He had one free throw as well, a couple assists. Uh, but he's somebody who, again, he, like he falls so much into this, I've got to shoot a three at all times, that there was a play in the game where he drove to the hoop. He had a wide-open uh, floater, and he decided to try to force a pass that turned into the turnover that he produced in this game. And that's because you know he doesn't have the confidence in that shot. And that's what you're seeing in the in the NBA these these days is guys like I'm gonna shoot threes and that's what I do. Everyone wants to be a three point specialist. Everyone who's on 2K is trying to chuck up threes at all time. And it's like that's not where that's not basketball, man. Basketball is down but between uh or down underneath the hoop. And again, that's yeah. why you that's why you have, you know, Steph Curry is a unicorn, right? For that reason, that reason primarily.
1: Yeah, and um I was also gonna say, um Dang it, dude. I had something, Sorry, and I was looking at something. So never mind. Continue on. I'm sorry. This is the second part. I've done that in a row. I guess <laughs> I'm still a little sleepy too.
0: <laughs> Wake up. Uh, you know, one thing that I that I always is always a good sign for the Suns when they play, and it's it's best it's especially when it's against a team like the Rockets. Is early on in the game, you had all the Rockets like pointing to each other after possessions, and it's like mission yeah. is accomplished when that happens, right?
1: Yeah, it is. And I was also noticing, too, like even to start the third quarter, because, again, I was like on my way home. I missed basically the first half and my app wouldn't work either. So I missed everything, basically. But um, it's to start the third, when you know it's a close game, the difference is like the Suns did turn it over a few times. The Rockets did, too. But the way the Suns recover the next possession is what makes them, you know, great. Like yes. the Rockets, like when they start pointing at each other. And, you know, things aren't going good. The body language looks like LeBron James on the, on the court. And again, I guess tonight he didn't get back on defense. So that starts to happen. And that's what makes the Suns great. And a team like the Rockets, you know, they're young. They have a lot to learn, but that's just the old Suns. The old Suns used to do the same exact thing Mm
0: -hmm. until you
1: just put your head down and get to the other side of the court. Nothing will change. You won't start winning games until you do that. So I just, that's the thing that these young teams are going to continue to do until they just realize it's not helping. (laughs) It's not helping them win games.
0: Well, another thing is for the second night in a row, at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, in that kind of gap of time, the Phoenix Suns allowed the opposition to go to put a pretty good run on them. You know, yesterday against the Pelicans, yeah. it was 14-2 run. Tonight, there was a 13-0 run. I mean, the Suns went up big early. And with like five minutes left in the in the first quarter, they had 33 points. It's like, oh, shit, we might go for another 48-point quarter like we did the Lakers. And then they let the opposition come right back in the game. But to your point, the maturity that this team possesses is they know how to live possession to possession and play within, their se- within themselves and not start pointing fingers because you're right. The reason I brought up the Houston Rockets pointing at each other and trying to figure out where they were supposed to be on defense and frustrated with the fact that their, their weak side defender didn't assist them at all on that play it reminds me so much of the Suns of four to five years ago. Where Devin Booker would be, po- you know, it's my famous phrase. You know, he would throw the ball somewhere, go into the third row, then he would start yelling at the player because he sh- he should have been standing there, and it used to frustrate the shit out of me. So again, if you become an elite jamster, you might hear some of that content on some old podcast. <laughs> you have, might, yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, but again, that's that. It's the same thing with who the Rockets are. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the Rockets are going to go. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily who's who's the who are the guys they keep. Who are the guys that they try to build around? You know, Jalen Green appears to be a pretty nice talent. Uh, I I think he's a non – he doesn't exist on defense, so I think that that is something of concern. I mean, anybody can shoot a ton of threes and dunk, except you and me, obviously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who either? (laughs) But he has no no heart on the defensive end. Christian Wood's good, but I feel like he's going to move on. So it'll just be interesting. I mean, where do you see this Rockets team going – in their future.
1: It's tough because they did just lose like their big superstar in James Harden. Um, I mean, that's kind of fairly recent and for a team, for a team to recover so quickly, um, it'd be very difficult for them. I just think a lot of these players too, like a Jalen green, if they, they know the difference between like their strengths and stuff, like I talked about earlier and, you know, just being fabulous on the court, you know, being a fabulous looking kind of player, you know, when everything has to look cool everything has to look clean and all that. If they end up having players on their team that are like that, then they can improve. but right now, Jalen Green of course seems like the only option uh, Christian Wood it doesn't ever seem like he's really stable in any play at any place he's at. Yeah. so I can I can just see like just like how Devin Booker's teams over the years like here's a list of players that used to play with Devin Booker. It's like, yeah, that's what happens. like you find one good player you have to stick with him and everybody else changes around him until you can just get it right like the Suns of the last two years mm-hmm. so i think this this might just be a thing where jalen green might be the only guy still on the team uh porter jr maybe but other than that it's just like i don't know who else you would stick there or have stay there and plus maybe both those guys are gone too just who knows man because the way the nba is people just move around as quickly and as fast as they want to at times
0: yeah, when you look at like ESPN and you look at the box score, you know Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, and also Garrison Matthews, all three of who started tonight, are all shooting guards according to ESPN. So it's like they have a plethora of twos. They got a plethora of guys who can shoot, uh, but they don't have a true distributor. And you got John Wall just not playing for them. They just mm-hmm. they're like, nope, we're just not going to play it. So. You know, I don't know necessarily what their direction is. I do think that Kevin Porter Jr. is a fantastic talent. I mean, he went for 21 points tonight. He was 7 of 15 from the field and 5 of 10 from beyond the arc. He also had 8 assists. So Kevin Porter Jr., I think, has the ability uh, to score just like Jalen Green. But I, I still think that neither of them play quality defense. And I know that, obviously... You have to try to score in this league. But if you know how to shut teams down, if you do what the Suns did tonight, especially in that third quarter where they outscored the Rockets 36 to 24, that's how you ultimately win games. And we know that as Suns fans because we had the same issue. We could score points back in the day. We just couldn't stop anybody. And by the time you get down to those crunch time minutes, the teams like the Phoenix Suns would just s- tighten the screws, make it tougher on every possession, a couple uh, – couple turnovers here and there and you know the game was over so uh mario lopez says in the chat uh sinjoon is the distributor Jokic light yeah he he's nice that guy that guy's nice you know we've seen him in a couple games this season he plays well against the Suns. I, i was actually kind of interested that they didn't start him in this game just knowing that he plays well against the Suns. uh put him at the four with christian wood but we are clearly spending way too much time talking about the Houston Rockets and their future, we should probably focus on... I have got all kinds of good stats on DeAndre Ayton tonight. So uh, first I'll read off his stat line. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, he had the 11 rebounds. He also had 23 points. He was 10 of 19 from the field, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, had a block, uh, no turnovers, and 3 fouls. Uh, as, as you look at his performance tonight, you know, he was aggressive on both ends in the first quarter and he was putting the ball on the floor a little bit more. And we're starting to see that a little bit more, just a yeah. little bit more, Matthew, don't you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, he has been. And that was the one thing that we brought up on the last few pauses, or maybe I did where I'm just like maybe this offseason where I always look ahead. Um, he can work on, you know, some ball uh, handling skills to where he can get to his own spots by himself. And it seems like he's been doing that. Um, but yeah, what I have a few notes about him. I don't know if you want to talk more about his ball handlings.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what I noticed, so what I looked up is how many dribbles he has per touch. Okay. So pretty basic uh, equation right there. Every time you get DeAndre in the ball, every time he touches the ball, how many times does he dribble it? And on average for the entire season, he averages at 0.4 dribbles per touch. So what that tells you is the majority of the time when you get the ball to DeAndre Ayton, as the eye test proves, he does not dribble the ball. He makes a decision. He does a pivot. He shoots it. Uh, he's grabbing the ball for rebound. He puts it right back on, up. So he's not he's not putting the ball on the floor. Who would you guess averages the most dribbles per touch in the league?
1: Uh, is it Joel?
0: No, no. You got to think it's more, more of a more of a guard. Oh, more of a guard. They're already um, driven the ball.
1: All right. So it's not Kyrie. It would have to be um, uh, Trey Young. Trey Young is
0: correct. Right. Young. Oh, <laughs> is this
1: is the first time i got going right. Yeah, yeah. It is. Okay. Yes. I'm feeling good.
0: So just to all give right. you kind of, a, you know, again, DeAndre Drayton is 0.4 dribbles per touch. Trey Young leads the league. He's at 5.71 dribbles per touch. So every time he touches the ball, one, two, three, four, five. He's doing something with the ball, which makes sense. He's a point guard. So if you look at kind of where the centers of this league are, the best in the league when it comes to dribbles per touch is Joel Embiid. He has 1.46 dribbles yeah. per touch. Nikola Jokic is 1.23. DeAndre Ayton is next to Jakob Purtle and Bismack Biombo when it comes to his dribbles per touch. Do you see this as an area of opportunity for him moving forward? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think really anything to add to his game is. Um, but that has to be something. Because you never know the future of the Suns and where you know things might go to where he might be more of a dominant ball handler and a facilitator. So that is something that he needs to work on for sure. And when he said put the ball on the floor, I'm like, oh, was he turning it over early? Because that's the only thing I think of when you say put the ball on the floor. I'm like, maybe I mean, maybe dribble the ball. the ball over. So <laughs> dribbling the ball – yeah, definitely, dude. Um, That's exciting.
0: Because like, we saw even,
1: oh, really quick, the timeline pod put up this, uh just this replay of last game where he had the little dribble move, pump fake, and got to the rim and lay. And so, anyways, yeah, that was no,
0: pretty impressive, stuff like to that. To that point, in his last four games, he's up to .45. So it's not a huge jump from .4 to .45. But what it's telling you is he is starting to put the ball on the floor a little bit more and trying to play make out of his position versus being just a catch, uh, spin, and shoot. Kind of center, and I think that's a huge opportunity for DeAndre Ayton. And I'm not dogging him in any way, shape, or form for his, for his performance tonight or his performance mm-hmm. this year. I just think that this great NBA center has yet to tap into this next phase of what's going to make him effective. the key, The Hakeem Olajuwon effect, right? You know, can will he ever be all the way to Hakeem? Hell no. Hakeem was a natural uh, guy who just put the ball on the floor all the time. That's how he made his living in this in his career. DeAndre Ayton has figured out. The cheat code for him is positioning, getting the ball in the right spot to where he can just turn, and from anywhere where he turns, he can just lay the ball in. So it's something that, uh, and who just said uh, Mike in the chat says uh, maybe it's not in Monty's system, which is probably correct. Yeah, you know we are not a let's dump it into the post, let him dribble it three times, back a guy down, pass it back out, throw it back into. Him. I mean we're not nineties basketball here with DeAndre Ayton. But it is still an opportunity for him to improve. Uh, one thing that I saw somebody posted on Twitter was something that a Rocket announcers stated during this game. They said, DeAndre Ayton is one of the best defenders in the league, certainly a top five center, and a huge reason the why the Suns are where they are at right now. Yeah, That's, that's coming from the outside looking in. And as much as we as Suns fans like to pick apart everything that DeAndre Ayton does, and I'm guilty of it, Maybe you're not as guilty as I am, but what? that's how that's the outside perception. Yeah, I know, no, I joking. feel like I'm I should, clearly oh. being facetious. Oh, you dog DeAndre more than more than anybody I know, but yeah. but it's because you care, you know. It's but because again, I don't
1: want to lose this team. I, exactly. That's why I worry. And
0: I don't want to lose him from this team. Yeah, you know. So again, that's the outside looking in. That's what the opposition said tonight that he's a top five center now. That, that's a bold statement there's some amazing centers in this league between Joel Embiid Nikolai Jokic it depends on what you classify uh Giannis Antetokounmpo as and Anthony Davis I guess I, I i was thinking about this the other day and i'm totally doing a tangent here is anthony davis one of the most overrated players in nba history for the injury reasons yeah it's like he, i i get like he he won the championship mm-hmm. uh in uh in the bubble yeah but I, I feel like people have been telling us how great he is throughout his entire career. Yet I don't know if I've ever seen it just like consistently. I mean, he had a couple years where he was like, you know, 28 and 11, 28 and 12. Mm-hmm. But that was only like a couple years. I mean, if, if you go through his career, he played 60 games in his rookie year, 66 his second, 68 his third, 61, 75, 75. And that's like the beginning of his career in New Orleans. And then he played 56 when he didn't want to play there anymore played 62 36 37 and I feel like we're, we're told how amazing he is and but we've just yet to see that true consistency that he he is like when I saw that he was part of the top 75 players of all time I was like eh, I think that's a miss
1: yeah that's a tough one to call because of his injuries you know maybe kyrie could have took his spot at the top 75 because i feel like it's more deserving because when Kyrie's playing and he's on point he's the best point guard in the league anthony davis though man when he's playing i know he's a power forward or whatever but when he's healthy and that's the one thing that drives people nuts because you can't see him he's not consistent but when he is healthy he is a top three he's always been a top three top four player to me whenever he's healthy playing the way he's playing and I'll never talk about the Sun Series again because I'm just done talking about that last year. Yes. But he he's very scary. There's a reason LeBron traded everyone for him, but you, he, they took a chance on him, and that's what everyone does as a fan, right? Everyone that's a Lakers fan, everyone's just a fan of Anthony Davis, to take a chance to say, like, hey, this is the top five guy in the NBA, win healthy. And that's the most annoying thing, really, to throw out there. And it's nothing to do, it's nothing bad about him because he can't control it, right? I mean, he's trying his best to get healthy, it's just he's that type of player. Yeah. You know, like they were saying on Twitter too. Well, it's like what's, Penny Hardaway. You know, Penny Hardaway yeah, was an amazing player. That's but what I was going to say. He
0: couldn't stay on the fucking court.
1: Yeah. Grant like the Players, the players in the league that really got robbed of their careers because of injury. Like those are two examples. Andrew Bynum, someone put up there. Like there's just these players that could have had really good careers. Andrew Bynum's kind of a reach, but it's like, yeah. what could he have been? Maybe I guess is the thing. But Anthony nothing. Davis is the- <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing. Bynum was garbage. Oh,
1: yeah, I know.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, that, so I looking know. at so, what some of the jamsters are saying in the chat, they're saying Embiid, Jokic, Towns, Aiden, then Bam. That's what Low Sun okay. says relative to his top five. Uh, Mario Lopez says Jokic, Joel, Cat, Bam, and I'm taking DA over Go Bear. I think a so, lot of people are, yeah, so so that's my question. So we know it's Jokic, we know it's Joel, and if you're saying that AD and Giannis are power forwards, which I do, mm-hmm. um, would DA over Carl Anthony Towns, and I know this is a loaded question considering Carl Anthony Towns just dropped 60 the other night. Mm-hmm. But would you take DA over Carl Anthony Towns or Bam out of bio?
1: Well, it's funny is like what you can say DA over Kat and Joel just for the reason that DA's done it, he's been there, and it's mm-hmm. kind of weird to say like he's super young and still needs to improve, but he's won in situations where you need him to help you win. You know what I mean? Like Joel's, he's been there many times, but he hasn't done enough to get them to the finals. Uh, He's one of the best centers, of course, in the league right now. But it's just, that's always a question with him is even going into these playoffs, even though we just picked him two weeks ago to go to the finals. Now it's like James Harden's not the guy that's going to win a finals. Joel completely wants to win a finals. Like he's one of the guys that really, really wants to win. But does he have enough? Does his team have enough? And Aiton just has proved. I know he's played on a loaded team, I guess, this last year, Mm -hmm. but he's a guy that can help you win. He can help you win for sure. We know that about him. That's why I would take him over Cat. Now I would before last year, I would have said Cat over DA for sure, um, but now I can see what DA brings to this team in a championship, in his championship mindset.
0: And it's, it's a good conversation that our Jamsters are having along live in the chat. You have Iverson vlog stating that Cat is better than DeAndre Ayton. Um, Tyler McMillan says, head-to-head, I'd take Cat on this team, DA all day. And I think that's a great observation. On this team, because DA yeah. plays the role that he does, the team is allowed to be successful. Carl Anthony Towns is such a great offensive player, but you would change every aspect of who you are as a team to maximize his offensive uh, firepower. And conversely, you would lose a lot of your defensive shot deterrence and blocking and uh, physicality down low. Uh, Daniel Thompson says, DA is better than Cat on defense. Cat is better at scoring. So Mario Lopez, in a couple years, I'm taking DA over Bam and Cat. I would definitely take DA over Bam. Uh, again, for the same reason, you know, like Fabio DA is a better defender, but I think cat is ahead of DA. And again, that comes from the offensive standpoint. So what's funny about the Carl cause I think that's kind of the borderline, right? The borderline is more on cat than bam. I think, I think it's easier to take DA over bam than it. And we've seen it. DA owns bam. And every time you're like, would I take DA over bam? And then they play each other. You- I would take DA over bam. Mm-hmm. But when Carl Anthony towns com- conversation comes together, you really kind of find out what kind of basketball you like as a fan, because if you're like cat, you love offense and that's what he gives you. If you go DA, you love defense. And again, within the confines of who the Phoenix Suns are, the answer is DA because he makes the perfect sense. He doesn't need a ton of shots to be effective. Whereas Carl Anthony towns is chucking up threes all the time.
1: Yeah. And DA is a guy too, that in the playoffs, he was our MVP and on a team with Chris yeah. Paul and Devin Booker um carl anthony towns i just in the situation i guess he could be Um, uh, would he be maybe but would it lead to wins i don't know it's just we know what that's Da brings leads to wins and that's, that's all key. about winning that's really and it i just don't know bingo. what Cat can bring you to win games in the playoffs i know offense yes but let's just see he'll be in the playoffs
0: this year so we'll see what he brings that's the best point to be made we know that da within who this team is equates to wins And at the end of the day, you could say, well, Cat has averages. He scored 60 points, and he averages 31 points a game. And DA is 18 and 12. Clearly, Cat, it's like, how many games have they won? How do they affect their team from a winning standpoint? Yeah, there's metrics for that. There's PER and wins above replacement and all that stuff. Uh, But at the end of the day, the Suns are 56 and 14, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are not. I think they're the seven right now. So yes, yeah, uh, good, good conversation there. I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another conversation I wanted to bring up is, well, should I talk about the Rockets a little bit more? No, let, let, let's, let's oh, talk no. a little bit about, about the Suns and then I've got a, I've got a little one more last segment on the Rockets. Uh, one thing I've noticed and tell me if you have, when it comes to Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday ended this game with a total of um, how many points did he end up having? He had zero points. He had six assists. He had one steal, and it was 0 for 1 from the field. So a nice distributing game. But one thing I've noticed is like when he's on the court with Devin Booker and they're running the fast breaks, he never <laughs> passes it to Devin Booker. You notice that? Is that just me?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's funny. Even last game on the fast break, um, I think last game it happened with Booker, in the it middle did. of the game but towards the end of the game i remember chris paul kind of making fun of aaron holiday when he was going up for the pass and he kind of hesitated because he didn't know where to go and he saw he got the job done he passed i don't forget who it was and they finished the play but chris paul was just kind of making fun of him in a way like hey like he caught up in the air or something like that's the way he is so i think like kind of like a sham at the pressure situations of playing on such a great team that leads to it. There's not a whole lot of flow in your mind. I feel like everything's kind of like your your buttholes clenched a little bit tighter. You know what I mean? So you got to double think things. So that might be it. That might be all
0: it is. But um,
1: I do notice on the fast breaks, he's not as bad as like what an Alfred Payton is. But he's he needs some improvement there.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, in transition primarily. I mean, he does a really good job running the offense in the half court set. Yeah, he does. But I have I have noticed in fast breaks, it's like he's afraid to make that pass. And you see, I've seen Mikhail Bridges sprinting towards the hoop and it's like all you gotta do is a nice little bounce pass <laughs> and he's like yeah no it reminds me of like i used to say uh alfred payton or no it was isaiah Kanan. isaiah Kanan was the one man fast yes. break stopper the Suns would, I mean, w- would have a would have a three one fast break going and he would be driving and he would just stop at the three-point line dribble and let all the defenders come down because he didn't know what to do yeah and because of that he broke his leg so i think that again he's focused on uh, distributing the ball in the cap, the half court set he's he's pesky on defense and I, I just noticed a couple times where i was like hey man booker was wide open get him the ball uh, speaking of the the one and only devin booker big dick booker it was another quality game by big dick booker end of the evening with a total of 36 points uh what was it? what was his final shooting? I mean, it was ridiculous. 15 of 24, 5 for 12 from deep. And if you look at it, it was really that third quarter that he took off. In the third quarter alone, Devin Booker was 6 for 9 from the field, 3 of 6 from beyond the arc, had a couple assists, but he had 15 points in that third quarter, a quarter in which he played every minute. Devin Booker, again, just looking like a world beater, Uh, No chance he'll ever be mentioned as a an MVP candidate, but he's pushed this team to eight and four without uh, Chris Paul. Now, okay, maybe that record isn't accurate because he missed a few games himself due to covid. But still, uh, Devin Booker just looks like a world beater right now, man.
1: He does. And I just I'm trying to I'm wondering why he's not like a first team all NBA guard. Like, why would he not be? You have John Morant, Luka Doncic, but the thing is, like, I'm just I'm trying to think. Like, the reason John Morant is not getting any MVP nods still kind of makes me a little bit frustrated because he's had such a great year with that team. And if Luka was doing this, then Luka would be an MVP winner. He would win the MVP this year if he was doing what Morant was doing with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. And if Luka Doncic was doing what Morant was doing. In the Memphis, he would be a first team All NBA guy, but Luca would probably still be this year an All NBA guy for first team. So I'm just I'm just thinking like, I don't know. In the John Morant might take Booker's place, but what is it, or why? I just wanted to ask this. why wouldn't he be in the first team All NBA? Because,
0: <laughs> because the media votes on it. That's that, that just plain and me, simple. Man. That's what it is. So, so not only is Devin Booker playing amazing basketball right now, but per stat news. They have this. Devin Booker has the lowest defensive rating by a shooting guard this season, with a 107.5 rating. Now that means he gives up 107.5 points per 100 possessions. A typical guard, uh, shooting guard, is going to give up about 115. So what he's doing, for statistically and defensively, is fantastic. He's he's affecting the game on both sides of the court. And he doesn't get any recognition, any love for that. You know, tonight he didn't have any steals, but he did have a block. Uh, But he's been a a machine in playing both sides of the ball and doing it very fluently. And that's why he should, you know, that's the whole conversation. You know, Steph Curry, uh, John Morant, Luka Doncic, if he, you know, if if that's where he falls. Uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, which would never happen due to the amount of games he's playing. You know, James Harden wouldn't get in there. But when you hear the, the national pundits talk about their all NBA teams, and the nice thing is we're going to be hearing about this all the time on the Bill Simmons podcast. Like him and Rasillo, every week are going to be going over the all NBA guys. And it'll yeah. be interesting to see if Devin Booker moves the needle at all because Ryan Rossillo really watches the Phoenix Suns. And I'm hoping that he puts that out there. It's like, dude, let's talk about Devin Booker's defense because not only is he a great scorer, a great distributor, he's continuing to lead this team to the best record in the NBA without Chris Paul next to him. And he's also playing above average defense. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you put Devin Booker on the second team or first team, all defensive team, right? I mean, yeah. he's up there. He, the metrics are there. And again, yeah. it's just kind of because he, he looks at people mad. They don't want to go for yeah. him. Yeah.
1: And the thing is like Steph Curry's numbers, they're basically the same as, as, um, as Devin Booker and if you want to say like okay Steph Curry's done more without whoever but you can see how bad the offense is without Draymond too and you know with Draymond in the lineup he helps Steph Curry so much that people don't even notice so they'll probably say that oh well, Chris Paul played with Devin Booker but then when Chris Paul's been out Booker's been closing these games out yeah. and Devin Booker was gone the Suns still won some games but Booker's still winning these games his maturity. Is Oh, there it is. Booker's passing has been incredible by King Paw 242 and the maturity.
0: Mm-hmm. like
1: If anybody's watching these games, he's doing everything 100% correct to win these games. He's doing nothing wrong. And it's all about winning. The Suns have the best record. yep And he has the same stats as Steph Curry. John Morant, if he's not going to be an MVP conversation, should not be on the first team.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think. He should be mm-hmm. a second teamer. So I get it. Booker he's has exciting to, get that to watch. He throws him. down Savage Dunks. But Devin Booker wins games. On best both record, sides of man. the floor, so franchise record, record. yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it's yeah, we're it's on nuts. we're on our way to a franchise record. We're the best team in the NBA. And yeah. It'll be interesting to see if the Suns get any love when it comes to award season. Uh, when it comes to all defensive players, when it comes to all uh, first team, second team, or third team All NBA players, yeah. I, I think that now that Chris Paul has missed as many games as he has, he won't make any All NBA teams so that's gonna stop the competition if you will the cannibalization in between devin booker and chris paul Mm -hmm. you know but another guy who is getting a lot of love for defensive player of the year you know he had another great night tonight as well uh do you see what his, his field goal makes and misses and all that was uh 10 to 17 10-17, 1017, the best field goal percentage oh, on the planet. I always fall right into that. Man. I should <laughs>
1: highlight those every game. <laughs> Se-
0: second, stuff. second highest <laughs> score on the team, 26 points. He had five assists, three steals. Uh one of the steals was great, man. He had a I don't know if you saw it in the first half because you were driving home, but he had a steal, ran down to the other end, dunked it, turned and just started talking shit to the Houston bench. You know, I mean, he was just because they every time they dunked it, they would start yelling and screaming and getting all excited. He's like, check this out. Steal, dunk, fuck you. And, yeah. you know, again, he's another guy who is starting to get a not starting to like he's definitely He's the guy who everybody's looking at and is like, yeah, we love Mikhail Bridges for all defensive player, which which he's definitely earned. But, you know, it's almost like, well, what about Devin Booker? Did you see what Stephen mm-hmm. A. Smith said about Devin Booker yesterday?
1: No, I saw something. I saw him ranting about Suns, and I think someone said it's good, but I don't want to listen. What did he say?
0: <laughs> but he is not the defensive player of the year, Draymond. Get that out your head. You don't miss 32 games, and you are defensive player of the year. That title is going to belong to Mikael Bridges of the Phoenix Suns. That's the defensive player of the year. Let's get that out the way right now. There's nothing to talk about. This brother's special, okay? And he deserves his our praise. He's getting it from me today. So there you go. You wow. had to hear it.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. You know, I thought it was good, but the way that they, you know, interact in the shows, I just I can't stand it because they just basically meet before, like, hey, this sounds good. You yeah. might hit on this, Stephen A. You might be able to wear a Cowboys hat and walk around because you predicted the Cowboys are going to lose every playoffs. Yeah, so. it's,
0: it's talking head stuff. But again, yeah, but anyways, you know, yeah. it, it's out there in the universe and you're you're continuing to see mm-hmm. it. And as I mentioned yesterday, young Scotty Pippen is really starting to look like young Scotty Pippen. He's scoring in so many different ways. He's dunking the ball. I mean, what I remember about the Bulls growing up was Michael Jordan was a beast and unstoppable. But it seemed like Scottie Pippen would steal the ball and dunk at least once or twice a game. And you're seeing that from Mikael Bridges right yes, now. Yes, you are. And Devin Booker. Devin Booker. They're both jumping passing lanes like people who play 2K. Like, you're going down, you're, you're like, I'm going to be the point guard in 2K. And you, you, you're like, I'm going to throw it to the corner guy for three. And some guy just picks off your pass and goes down. And the rest of your team is on the thing like, hey, you fucking asshole. Trash. Don't fucking do that. Trash. You <laughs> know, and trash. so that, that's what both Devin Booker and uh, Mikael Bridges are doing. And yeah. I would love to see both Devin Booker and Mikael Bridges get nods for an all-defensive team. I really would. Is I can't be- think of very many other guards. Who are above Devin Booker's defensive capability? Who Drew Holiday? That's a given. Who else? Donovan Mitchell's nice, but I don't. I mean, he's not leading his team to the best league in the record this year.
1: And the way they halt teams too in um, scoring, like it can be a tie game. Maybe going in the last six minutes, all of a sudden the team won't even score. The other team will not score. Um, But yeah, Mikhail tonight too, like. They were asking on the No Dunks podcast this morning, like, there was a question. Who would you choose, Miles Bridges or Mikhail Bridges, to be on your team and start? It's like, that's not even the It shouldn't be a question. And it's not even the system. I think it was Lee Ellis brought up, like, hey, it's a system, too, that he's in. But, dude, the way this guy works and his improvement, you know, on his shot, Eddie brought that up, too, you know? It's his shot is so smooth and looks so good because he's in the gym all the time working on it. He's working Who on all this stuff. Cares? Um. So he would always be the player he is, no matter what team he's on. So we got the right bridges for sure. And I just, I think like he can just help Booker take over quarters and finish the game like he did tonight.
0: Yeah i I agree. I think that it, it's stupid to say he's a system guy.
1: No, not no, at the all. way that he yeah, plays is not.
0: Yeah, he's not like, oh, he's a great pass rusher because uh, the system allows him to be. It's like, no, man, this guy's just a great defender through and through. So uh, a exactly. fantastic performance by Mikhail Bridges once again. 26 points. Devin Booker, 36 points. I mean, there's your Jordan. There's your Scottie Pippen. No one will say it. I said it right here. Here's another thing I'm going to say. Talking about the Rockets one last time. Uh, one, did you forget that Dennis Schroeder played? For the Houston Rockets. Shut
1: up. You texted me when I was uh, on my way home. And uh, you're like, we're going to make a top five. Uh, what is the top five for
0: you? I wrote it down, but I have top them, but... Top five. So so essentially, I saw Devin <laughs> Schroeder. I was just like, he's always Devin yapping. Schroeder. He's always yapping. It just annoys yeah. me. And he doesn't have a punchable face, but he does make my list of guys who need to shut the fuck up. And I text you that. And I was like, hey, uh, we should make a list tonight for the podcast of guys who need to shut the fuck up. You're like, all right, sweet, man. And then uh, I was like, Dennis Schroeder made me think of it. And you're like, he's on the Rockets?
1: Well, I was like, did he make news? I'm like, oh, yeah,
0: he's watching the game. So he must be on the Rockets. I know. So, you know, so I think that that is a good uh, segment that we can bring here to the Suns Jam Session podcast. It is the the top five guys who need to shut the fuck up okay so matthew i'll let you start with your number five all right
1: my number five is gonna be bobby portis Ooh, that's a good one yeah but he talks with his eyes right yes it's always a thing every game no matter how many times we play him in a row especially in the finals yeah exactly he uh He's just a guy where you just don't want to look at him anymore. And what after two minutes, it's just it's enough. And he will talk a lot too. And his own yes. teammates have to tell him to calm down. Yes. So just because of that, you know that he
0: needs a f up. Okay. Well, my number five is Nikola Nikolai Jokic. Uh, I think Jokic is just some of a guy who oh yeah, you know, I respect his game. I do. But sometimes he just needs to shut the fuck up, man. I mean, we saw he got ejected in game four of the Western Conference semifinals last year because he was yapping. Yeah. He was, you know, he he knocks, uh, what's his face, Cameron Payne in the back of the head, and then Booker gets in his face, and he gets right back in his face. And he's, I feel like he's always just yapping. And if you watch the Denver Nuggets, and I've watched a few of their games recently, it's like every time he's lumbering up the court, because that's what he does, good, bad, or indifferent. Nikola Jokic is a lumberer. He lumbers up the court. And his, he's lumbering up the court. He's always talking to the refs. And you're like, dude, just shut up. And I will preface all, all of this. I know that CP3 and Devin Booker should be on this list. There's no doubt that those guys yeah. need to shut the fuck up. And 8 needs to do it too sometimes. But I'm hey, a Mikhail. Suns fan. <laughs> no, I'm a Talking on ball. the bench.
1: Talking to the bench every <laughs> yeah, time true, down. True. Every
0: time down. <laughs> true. But I'm I'm going to stick with non sons on this bench. Uh, Renzo says, come on, Voida, the Joker, no. Maybe I'm off yeah, on no. That <laughs> But I, I think, know. I think he needs to at, shut the fuck up. Uh, I'll All go right. with my number four. My number four is okay. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder's always yapping uh, after every play. He's yapping at the players. He's yapping at the uh, at uh, the referees. And again, he's the reason I made this list. He just kind of annoys me. Who's your number four? uh
1: number four is probably just gonna be patrick beverly i mean that goes without okay. saying right he's getting
0: a lot of love in the chat right now yeah
1: <laughs> it has to be uh on the court off the court he's funny he's on the jj reddick podcast i've never watched that yet but you can just tell from the videos that he's <laughs> from from uh basically the subtitles when i have a chance to see it like uh when i'm taking a poop or something at work i'll just see like you know and it's just you know he's talking shit. So why did they say that? I have no idea. Okay.
0: Anyways, go ahead. John. You don't wordle, do you? <laughs> I do not. You know what? I looked it up one day and I just gave up. So. Wow. I might start wordling. I wordle. I quirtle. I purdle. <laughs> I do the, the. Do you know what pertle is? No. Purtle is the one where you guess an NBA player, and it, and it gives you. It's really. It's actually kind of fun. <laughs> I've got. I went one for one one time because I always just guess Michael Bridges. And then one time it was Mikhail Bridges. But Oh yeah. really? Yeah. So it's like uh, it's hard to see on there. Purtle, You get you get guesses and it's it's fun. Yeah. So okay. Fabio. Fabio, everyone knows Fabio. They all the all the all right. know. Yaka play Pirtle. some play play some Pertle. All right. Who's your number three, Matthew?
1: Number three, I'm gonna go Luca for sure. Um, it's kind of a boring list. I was trying to be a little bit more unique, but these are the two dudes I had to pick. Uh it's just you know Luca, so I
0: don't have to explain anything uh it definitely a good one he does make my list my number three is donovan mitchell because mm. every time donovan mitchell makes a shot he's got to like scream yes like like he's being you know attacked or something you know it's like a blood-curdling scream he's like he hit a three he's like ah! it's just like shut up dude shut the fuck up it's so it's dude it's the second quarter bro it's the second quarter donovan pump your brakes pump your brakes uh number two is Luka Doncic for me and I put slash James Harden because there's the same kind of player and the same, same kind player, of complaining yeah. you know it, and w- where I think that they need to STFU is on plays where they're called w- where they're called for a foul cuz all they do is try to foul bait and, and try to play the refs and the moment that they do something you watch it's like that player literally just did what they or, or what they you'd normally do to them and you're complaining so stfu who uh number two for me was luca slash james Harden. who's number two for you
1: uh number two for me is actually it's um Draymond green um yes i had mitchell on here but i choose a number i chose a number one just right before we came on the pod okay. uh but i chose draymond because of his spit so Number two is split between Jesus. Draymond and his spit with his spit, and I had Mitchell too on there. It's because he does yell, and you know who used to for the Suns was Cameron Payne, and Payne even knocked that off after like he's grown up now and he's a younger player, so he he's he's more chill than that. Uh, I just think Mitchell needs to grow up a little bit. So that's my two. You want me to give me a number one? Yeah, give me a number one. All right, it's gonna be LeBron's body language. He said, like, "Shut Ooh. the fuck up, <laughs> Dude, just chill out." It's the worst thing because like what are we talk about, like speaking is like what 15% of what people see or something or what they get from your talk is 9% body
0: 9%, 9%, 9% is is words 80 or 93% is body language and tone.
1: Yeah, again tonight another video going around of him not going back on defense. Mm-hmm just sick of seeing it the last two years. They need to be on his resume of how he's given up on his team and his body language just basically kills his team's mood and kills the whole season. So because of that, the Lakers have sucked and I love it, but that's why they've sucked because of his body language. It's about 80% of the reason I bet you.
0: Oh yeah, I completely agree. I, I almost put the Lakers just as my number one <laughs> uh, as a team, you know, but I'm like, I okay. rag on LeBron. I rag on the Lakers more than probably anyone I personally know. So uh, my number one was a tie and I know that I cheated cause I had like LeBron or I had Luca and James, but for number one, I had Draymond, which you already had on your list. And Pat Bev,
1: who's also okay. on your list, yeah. you
0: know, I mean, he's just two guys that are just always, always motor mouth. And it's like, dude, just shut the fuck up for a while. Just shut yeah. the fuck up. So let's go ahead and let's take a look at what some of the, um, Jamsters have put in here. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. zero, Joker is a complainer. Thank you. That's kind of the basis of this list. Uh Doc Rivers needs to shut up as well from Felix. I can agree with that. I was trying to think of a good coach, of a coach who's just, like, always going. Tom Thibodeau.
1: Couldn't...
0: Yeah, Tom Thibodeau is so always wild. going. He is Ugh. always going. And then I was thinking of, like, Steven si- watching Steven Silas today. I'm like, Steven Silas is just, like, he always looks like he's doing this. Yeah. he's always like he's a down he's kind of creepy he's kind of he's got he's always down looking and yeah. uh, Dil- <laughs> he's always down looking uh mario lopez nice says up, dylan brooks no but he's the most punchable face um doc rivers voice card needs to shut the fuck up james harden draymond um james harder so lebron james number one from jack berman so he's kind of agreeing with cool. you along that um lee McManus said this can anybody verify this real quick curry left the game tonight with a leg injury. That sucks. Okay. If that happened, let us know. And uh, if Matthew's talking, I'll pop on Twitter. That sucks. That's wink, true. wink. Yeah, well.
1: I uh, I know, I'm kidding.
0: Westbrook needs to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that guy gets paid $44 million. Pat Bevan, LaCroix. Uh, I like what Coach Fallen Founder said. Honorary mention. Reggie Miller, when he calls the game, he just needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> he needs to show up and not say a word. Just uh, Reggie, do you got any thoughts on that? Nope. Yeah,
1: no one likes him, right? I mean, everyone always gives him
0: crap. I yeah, don't, I don't he's just like much. I and I liked Reggie Miller as a player, but as a broadcaster, I'm just I'm not a a big fan. So okay, uh, there, there's your segment, ladies and gentlemen, of players who need to shut yeah. the fuck up. Jam star of the game. Hey, Jamsters is that time of the podcast where you tell us who your jam star of the game is. It is a tough one tonight, seen as four players scored over 20 points. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're listening to the podcast, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it right here on the show. So you leave five stars, you write in something, and then we read it. So, Matthew, I'm going to let you go first. Who is your jam star of the game?
1: It's gonna be Devin Booker again. Um, had to come back in the game late, but it didn't matter. It was fun to watch him hit those two threes in a row. And like Eddie Johnson said, everyone got up from their seats after that second one and
0: had to walk out. So that's yes. just badass. I just love yes. that shit. I'm gonna give it to Tory Craig. I think that a game like oh, this nah. is is overdue. Well, I mean, but but Devin Booker's yeah. the right answer, Matthew. Devin Booker is so. most of the time. The the right answer. He's the best player on this team. We just mentioned all these reasons why he should be an all-NBA player, an all-defensive player. Tonight is a great personification of that. I don't care if you're playing the shittiest team in the NBA. When you're in these situations, you're expected to perform. Trust Mm -hmm. me, if Devin Booker goes for 12 points tonight and sucks ass, we'd be talking about it. He goes for 36 and does what he's supposed to do. Uh, But I think that it's it's the juice just because, again, uh, I think that he – he's overdue for something like this. And it was good to see, you know, kind of ending where we started. It was good to see the Suns as they try to go through the process of ending the season, give him an opportunity. And he shined in that opportunity. Uh, low Suns gives it to the juice. Alex Kroll gives it to TC, uh, crazy Luigi, Tori Craig, without a, without a question, uh, juice from coach fallen call coach fallen founder. David Ray says, how about all four players? It was a team effort. That's a fact. Always, Craig, right? uh, Yeah, that's the Suns that's mantra right there. Booker, Booker, the juice, book. So, you know, and, and again, um, DeAndre Ayton had a great game too. So, and so did Mikhail yeah. Bridges. So it's, it's hard to choose. It was, it was a really, <laughs> it's a really fantastic game by all the members of the starting unit from the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but now we turn our heads to Friday night. The Suns come back home and who do they get? They get those Chicago Bulls. Matthew, I know that you watch the Bulls. Every time you're not watching the Phoenix Suns, you're watching the Chicago Bulls. Uh, you have them on your DVR. You watch it. You watch the home broadcast, then you watch the away broadcast. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are on the Chicago Bulls.
1: It's kind of disappointed, honestly. Um, they were on a roll there. Um, DeMar DeRozan, what he was doing was MP, MVP caliber kind of stuff. Like early in the season, um, he didn't really live up to expectations. Down the line, um, they're kind of not as good as they used to be and I was pretty lame to say it that way but they've had some injuries but still I feel like a guy like DeMar can keep that team alive um, but they, you can just see when they go head to head and it's funny cuz I did watch I think the Bulls back to back nights I think 2 weeks ago and you can just see how like when they go up against the Nets or when they go up against the Sixers um, they just they can't do it their defense good I guess but nothing they don't have the size to match Vucevic can do yes. as much as he want but it doesn't matter because the the size in the East is too big for them, especially out here out west,
0: or out on the west side. It it'll be interesting to see how this matchup goes, considering the fact that you know, as you mentioned, they're not a they don't have a lot of depth uh, at the center position. You know, their their center who's getting the second most minutes is uh, God, I don't even know the guy's name. I was looking at it yesterday, and I was just like, who? It's like Tony Bradley. Like what? Um, so. You know, again, the Suns have been. We, we've seen that if if you hustle, if you smash the boards and you hustle, you have a chance against the Suns. You don't necessarily need the size, although we have the size. But this is a team that, from a rebounding standpoint, after the Suns have just played the thirtieth rebounding team in the league, this the Bulls are the twenty eighth. Now, granted, they have DeMar DeRozan, who's ad- averaging twenty eight points a game. He's playing out of his mind. Uh, they 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 have the second highest field goal percentage in the league at 48.2%. They have the second most free throw percentage, but it's a team that's definitely beatable. When you look at the fact that, you know, they're, they're a middle of the road team. Their, their offensive rating might be sixth overall, but their defensive ratings, 18th, their net rating is 14th. Whereas the Phoenix suns are number one in the league. Uh, their points per game is ninth. Their op- opposing points, points per game is 16th. So, It'll be interesting to see how this game turns out. It's a team that has definitely, since the All Star break, had a rough go of it. They've won three games. They've lost, I think, six or seven now. So they're the the early season greatness that they had. Injuries occurred. They treaded water as long as they could, uh, mm-hmm. but the the water is starting to drown them. And I I don't know how they're going to end up performing in the playoffs but i think this could be win number 57 for the suns my friend
1: it's gonna be and i think the addition of uh, tristan thompson you know that's something that's kind of like it was cool at first he always has like that one good game and then you see him <laughs> like trying to hype up the youngsters on the on the bench and they're just kind of looking at them like um what's going on here so it's like the veteran presence you want but you're not going to get from tristan thompson
0: no 100 percent. so uh somebody just said in the chat bulls really missed the guy from the ymca uh, Alex Caruso, yeah, I think
1: he's back, isn't he? He's back. He went from one for five tonight, yeah.
0: There, there you go. So, so far, Caruso, Caruso will again. be back. They're finally getting some of their guys, so it'll be interesting. I mean, because DeMar DeRozan's a great player, he doesn't play a lot of defense, but he's really good on offense, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how the Suns combat McHale? that. Mikhail, yeah, there you go. Ooh, he's gonna in, be his fun. defense Ooh, is back,
1: man. That's gonna be that, fun. That's gonna I'm be looking fun.
0: Especially considering yeah. everybody, you know, for about two weeks there, everybody's like Demar Derozan for MVP, you know. Yeah. And then the, he cooled off, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that was dumb." But I <laughs> his least really per- <laughs> <laughs> Eyes will be on his performance, and you'll have Mikael Bridges right there to play defense defense on him. So, defense, defense. Uh, I just watched the highlight of Curry. It looks like he just kind of rolled his leg up on a uh, a loose ball foul. Doesn't look like it's anything too serious. So we'll okay. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Matthew, do you have anything else before we get out of here?
1: No, I think I'm good, man. A uh, little bit of notes. So you got it all covered.
0: That's what we do, dog. So thank you, Jamsters, for coming to the Suns Jam Session podcast. We look forward to joining you on Friday night when the Suns play the Chicago Bulls in a rematch of the 1993 NBA Finals. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Darth Voida. You can follow this guy right here. <laughs> nah, Matthew, will see. And you can follow the show at Suns Jam. Looking forward to seeing you folks then, everybody. Until then, prayers up for Aunt Barbara.
1: Yep, and everyone go home, love your family.